have a question for you. Yeah. Have you learned anything unique about who I am through this process? Um, yeah. I mean, I've learned about your strength and your, you know, your power and being able to kind of step back and allow me to process some things and to, um, I don't know. I didn't mean to put you on the spot, yeah. but I thought that it was interesting to think about. Yeah, I don't know. It's been interesting few months. And I'm still trying to process a lot of it. <laughs> Turning 30 didn't help. example of two people that take themselves way too seriously and are unfortunately given a stage and a medium to share their self-important over-analytic thoughts. They're really not that important. Sure, they had the experience of building a tiny house together, but in the grand scheme of things, that is not a very trying or challenging experience. These are people, that hipsters living in Portland. Sure, they have student debt, but really, uh, their lives aren't that hard. What they did is not that important. And what they learned from it, we really don't care about all that much. I turned 30 recently, just like the... Uh, Overindulgent, self-important hipster in that movie. Sorry, buddy. No offense. I'm sure you're a really nice person. I just have to I sometimes make fun of people on this podcast, and then I have to backtrack and, and um, justify it. But I don't have to justify it, because it's for the sake of comedy. You guys get it. Uh, welcome to the Painting Pictures Podcast. If you've been here before, you know that this is a random, uh, nonsensical, but heartfelt um, and somewhat sexual podcast. My name is Gabriel Roberts. I'm coming to you from Vermont, and I am 30 years old and married. That's right. I've got a wedding ring on my finger to prove it. I had a great wedding. Boy, was it fun. Um, hope to Hope to do it again sometime. Thanks to everybody who came to my wedding. <laughs> really, thanks. <laughs> thanks for coming. It was great. Um, and I turned 30 shortly before that. A lot of, lot of things happening, but I still feel uh, young and spry and playful. 
Well, not as spry <laughs> as I used to, but I'm working on that. Am I working on that? Um, a little bit. I, I do, you know, sometimes do exercises and yoga. It's interesting how when you're really tired and your body has been working really hard and it needs to be cared for the most, that's when I treat it like shit. And I just slouch over and pound a beer and sit with poor posture and eat sugar and drink coffee. When really what I should be doing is breathing deeply and opening my chest, working on my posture, eating a a healthy anti-inflammatory diet, and drinking tea in the morning. Of course, we'll talk more about that in this podcast. This is a hodgepodge of solo bits recorded mostly in my automobile on my telephone in a very dangerous manner of of driving backcountry roads and holding a phone up to my face. I don't know if I'd get pulled over for it because I'm not talking on the phone. Well, I'm talking into a phone. Maybe there's a gray area there. Thanks for tuning in wherever you are, whatever you're up to. I hope life is good. I hope you're enjoying the onset of fall, or if you're in the southern hemisphere, the onset of spring, or if you're living near the equator, the exact same weather that you experience all year round. Again, my name is Gabriel Roberts. I'm 30 years old. I'm an artist. This podcast is called Painting Pictures. It's back from a bit of a hiatus, and I think you'll all excuse me because I turned 30 and got married. (laughs) So those are big things. Um, they're important, and uh, so really, uh, just just cut me some slack, people. I know it's been a little while, but um, you know what am I going to do? Uh, this whole wedding thing had to happen, and and turning thirty. That's not really an excuse for not making a podcast. I, I tried to record a number of times, you know, lengthy reflections about what it meant to me to turn thirty. And what I came up with was was not a whole lot. Um, basically, I'm excited about getting to live another 30 years on this planet and taking us to the year 2047. What do you think about that? In 30 years, we'll be in the year 2047. And the question is, will we still be driving cars? If you have any questions that come up throughout this podcast, uh, feel free to write them down in a notebook and continue listening to the podcast because they might be answered later on in the podcast. And the last thing I need is an email from you sent in the middle of the podcast asking a question that I answer at the end of the podcast. So just write your questions down, save them for the end, then send me an email to Gabe Roberts Art, G-A-B-E-R-O-B-E-R-T-S-A-R-T at gmail.com. You can visit the website for the podcast at gaberobertsart.com. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes if you like it. If you don't like it, um, just keep listening because uh, you'll probably learn to like it soon. Here we go. New Recording 4. That's the title of this recording. It's a new recording, but it's not the first new recording on this phone. There have been plenty, at least three that I can think of, that came before it. And it's going to be named something else once I'm done recording it, probably. Unless it's 
uh, unless I just don't have time to type in a title for it, and then I'll save it as New Recording 4. I don't really know what New Recording 1, New Recording 2, and New Recording 3 are. And it's interesting that they decided to name them New Recording. New Recording 4. I guess it's just to give you that fresh feeling, that fresh-faced, baby-bottom, <laughs> trumpet, trumpet-tooting feeling as you press that record button, but, budding button, that budding record button, a young budding record button. Uh, it's, it's just a, it's just a rise at this point, faintly reddish in color, but it's budding, so one day it'll be plump and full and bright, shiny red, and it'll be protruding a full two inches so that when you push it, it, gets a, it gives a nice click. Nice click feeling. Everybody likes pushing a button. Especially children. But, uh, I'd say everybody's still... You know, that's kind of a universal thing, wouldn't you say? Oh, boy. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and wait on this. Let this guy go. So it's very, uh, dicey recording a podcast while driving. But what choice do I have? Well, I, I have the option of, of recording while not driving, I suppose. You would say. That would be your retort, wouldn't it? Speaking of torts, I made a berry pie the other day. A berry pie. Made the pie crust. Uh, I, got a little, I got a little bit upset at the recipe. So when you make pie crust... You're going to put flour, your flour mixture, which is mostly flour, a little salt, a little sugar. Uh, and then you're going to add in some cubes of cold butter. And you're going to process that up a little bit. Pulse it, pulse it a few times until the, uh, until the, the largest chunks of butter are the size of a small pea is a very, very specific description, wouldn't you say? Um, not when they're the size of a pea. No, when they're the size of a pea, you've, you've got a few more pulses to go. It's when they're the size of a small pea. <laughs> uh, oh, that, there, there, that's, that's about the size of a small pea. <laughs> um, that's when you stop. That's when you stop pulsing, and then you're going to start adding a little bit of water. Ice water, in fact. Ice water. At first, uh, just, a, just a quarter cup, and then a tablespoon at a time, until I quote, the dough just barely begins to hold together. Now, the idea here is you don't want to add too much water, because then your crust is going to be tough. No one wants a tough crust. What we're after here is flakiness. And so you want to add water until it just barely begins to hold together. Well, then what you're going to have to do is take it out of the food processor and form it into a disc and then refrigerate it. And then ultimately, of course, you're going to have to roll it out into a crust. Just gonna buy some sign holders here. It just gives me the nod. Nothing to nothing to do at this point. Uh, pretty cushy job in Vermont holding a sign. You know, in California, 
that's tough work. You got to stand out there in the sweltering heat uh, amongst really gnarly traffic. Here in Vermont, you're in the beautiful countryside. It's uh, a balmy, you know, 60 to 80 degrees outside, and you're on a lovely two-lane highway surrounded by forests and very light traffic, mostly consisting of foresters. That's right, the Subaru Forester. It's a it's a popular vehicle here in Vermont, and I fit right in with my Forester, although there's not so many of the first-generation Foresters left. This is an aside. This is definitely an aside. Uh, and everyone's, of course, got newer Foresters, the likes of which really grossed me out at first. I think they're puffy and overblown, but the more I see them, uh, and maybe the more I decide that I... I'm gonna get a new car at some point. Um, I decided I, I can I can live with I can live with one of the new Foresters. Uh, so the pie crust. <laughs> Let's get back to that, shall we? Shall we jump back over there to that that sweet uh, buttery flaky berry pie? The just to just to assuage any fears that you might have. I know that you might be getting tense and worried about where this is going, how it all turns out. I want to let you know that it ended up with a really delicious berry pie with, I would say, a a perfectly flaky and buttery crust. So you can go ahead and rest easy, folks. That's where this story ends. It ends with me at the breakfast table with a cup of coffee and a large slice of berry pie. Sort of like Dale Cooper from Twin Peaks. Uh, I was in heaven. I'm in heaven with a cup of coffee and a, and a nice slice of pie. Anyway, they say when the dough just barely begins to hold together, you're going to stop. And, and then you're going to form it into a, a ball that just barely holds together. Now, I uh, went a little past just barely begins to hold together the first go-around because I thought, well, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to make this into a a crust, so it's got to do a little bit more than just barely hold together, I'd say. And then I worried that, oh, maybe I should have really just listened to that, those directions. So I, I, I did another batch. This was part of the plan. It's, it's not that I went back and whipped up a whole second batch because I, I wanted to prove a point or something. I was going to do two batches for pie crusts to make two pies. I was That was part of the plan. So on my second pie crust batch, I really stopped when that dough just barely began to hold together. I stopped right there, just like the direction said. You know, small peas, uh, size of a small pea, that's when I stopped pulsing. Uh, it just barely begins to hold together, that's when I stopped adding ice water. And what did I get, folks? Well, first of all, I should tell you that on the previous batch, when I added a little more water than what the instructions recommended, I was able to form that dough into uh, nice little discs. Uh, Not super easily, but I was able to get them into the discs, sprinkle a little flour on them, and cover them with cellophane, and put them in the fridge. Not a huge problem. Not easy, because, again, that dough is is really... um, wants to fall apart. Not a whole lot of water in it. 
but I did get them together. So then on this batch, I stopped a little earlier, put in less water. I uh, stopped when I, I reached in there and gave it a pinch, and and yes, that dough just barely began to hold together. And that's when yours truly stopped adding water. Dumped the dough mixture out onto the countertop and began trying to form it into a couple of discs. And what did I find? Well, it was virtually impossible to get those discs of dough together. <laughs> uh, I managed to get them together and, and, and put them in the cellophane, but they were basically falling apart. And then a couple hours later, when I went to roll out the pie crusts, I started with those. And I, I could, it was impossible. They, they, were, they needed more water. You just, I couldn't roll them out into a disc. They, they just completely disintegrated at every attempt. So I ended up having to sprinkle more water on the pie crust in order to get it to hold together enough to make a make a pie crust on it. And you know you just you get you get so specific with the size of a small pea. You know, not the size of a pea, the size of a small pea. And then uh, and and then you just let us down with this uh just barely begins to hold together bullshit. Um, I don't know what you would say. I, you know, that's not my job to come up with a recipe. That's your job as the writer of the recipe, a, a way to describe that point at which the dough is holding together enough. Uh, you know, um, I, something about the amount of dough that, that you can get to hold together, like a a, a fistful of until a fistful of dough holds holds together or something. I don't know. I mean, the person writing the recipe is obviously has made pies before and knows when to stop adding water. They know the correct consistency, and they also know it. It's a little more than than it just barely beginning to hold together. And uh, I'm just disappointed in that recipe. That's that's the truth. I find it I find it disappointing. You know, I I have high expectations. What can I say? I I hold I'd like to I hold people to a high standard. And uh, th- that recipe just didn't meet it. This is what it sounds like when you take your recycling to the recycling center in rural Vermont. I've been feeling lately a little bit 
put upon by the competitive nature of American society. Is anyone else feeling that way? Feeling like, whoa, guys, guys, uh, relax a little bit. Um, you don't have to fuck everybody over. I feel like our society is, is, is based on the belief it's fuck over or be fucked over. You know? Fuck everybody over in your race to the top. Because if you don't, well, you're going to get fucked over. Relentlessly, and you're going to get left behind. You're going to get trampled. You're going to get stuck on the bottom rung of the ladder. And you're going to be grinding it out into your 70s, unable to afford retirement or health care or real estate. And meanwhile, it's, it's a race. And, and, and if you win in the race, well, you've got some money in the bank. You've got some investments. It doesn't matter what you're invested in. You know, it's all about that return. So you probably are invested in energy, which is a nice way to say <laughs> raping the environment. That's a generalization, of course. Not everybody that's winning the game um, is is contributing to the raping of the environment. But but many of them are, and and many of them are are you know buying organic groceries and. Um, raping the environment with their dollars. But that's a that's a tangent. That's a that's a separate point. I feel it I feel it in um well, I'll give you an example. Shall I? I watched this documentary called Who Shall We Invade or Who to Invade Next by M- Mickle Moore. And Mickle Moore is a funny guy. He's a funny man and in the documentary he visits all these European countries and talks to these people these Europeans who are all by and large much happier and well-adjusted and healthier than Americans. Now, for example, in Germany, German workers, if they are stressed, will be given a prescription for three weeks at a spa. Their doctor will prescribe to them three weeks of spa time to handle, deal with their stress. Because as all civilized and educated human beings know, stress is a very serious medical condition and it can lead to much more serious medical conditions like heart disease. And so in Germany, if you're stressed, well, you get sent uh, to have three weeks of daily massages excellent cuisine, reading books, sitting by the pool, sitting in the hot tub. I mean, can you, can you believe this shit? Does that, in what scenario does that ever happen in the United States? Ever. If you're stressed, it's because, well, it's because you're an adult. (laughs) Being stressed is part of being an adult in America. And we not only accept it, we glorify it. We glorify the stress. We glorify working late at the office. 
It's also illegal in Germany for an employer to contact an employee after hours or on the weekend. It's illegal. It's a law. Fantastic law. Um, but obviously that doesn't exist in the United States. Anyway, we, we sort of accept this as the way it is. And our response to it is to work harder and to try to get ahead. And, and the grand illusion in America is that, uh, is that you can get ahead and you can get to the top and you can't do that in other countries. Well, getting to the top in America is really, I mean, it's just, it's, it's getting to, uh, well, my idea of getting to the top would be to be relatively free and to have health care and to have a stable job and a home, a nice home. And uh, to not have to worry about getting old and not having not being taken care of. That's sort of like winning to me. And um, to achieve that in the United States, you have to scheme somehow, some way to fuck over a bunch of other people so that you win a little bit and so that you can squirrel away your dollars in the bank and be taken care of. And so you've got to be ruthless. You've got to be willing to step over people. And you've got to be looking out for numero uno at all times. And that's just a depressing way to go through life. Competitive instead of cooperative. When the, the truth is, you, you, don't have to, you don't have to scrap and fight tooth and nail. There's enough... There's enough pasta in the world. There really is. Um, we're just taught that there isn't. We're taught that there's not enough to go around. And um, why isn't there enough to go around? Well, because it's all getting suctioned out by corporations and by mega billionaires and the financial system. So maybe the, 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 the truth is in the United States that you do have to scrap and fight and, and fight tooth and nail to get up above the, um, uh, just to get your head above water, basically. And, and yet we're so proud of this country. We're so proud of the United States. What a fucking joke. <sighs> anyway, I... I just feel it like this constant accepted scenario whereby you can't ever waste any time and you've got to be always looking to make that buck, always looking how to get the most on your investment. And frankly, I'm just not that interested in that. I'm not really that into that way of thinking. I don't want to be sizing everything up as a fucking business opportunity or or figuring out, you know, how to win the game. I don't want to win the game. I just want to have food and a nice place to live. And after seeing how it is in Germany for most people, um, 
I, I realized that that's not, I'm not asking that much. It's not that out there. To, and, and, and I shouldn't have to break my back working to, to achieve it. Now call me lazy if you will. And I'll say, fuck off. Since when is life supposed to be about working and being stressed? I, I frankly, I have no interest in being stressed out. Um, I, I'd like to have space in my day to, to take walks and to cultivate friendships. This is some of these workers talked about at their factory in Germany where they had good jobs and uh, good benefits and plenty of free time, you know, a reasonable working day. And they they said, they uh, well, what do they do in their free time? Well, walk the dog, go to the cafe, cultivate friendships. Do you have time to cultivate friendships, dear listener? I don't. I don't have any time to cultivate friendships. Not if I want to get ahead. I'll have time to cultivate friendships maybe when I'm retired at 75. That's kind of a typical American outlook, I think. You develop friends in college when you have free time or in high school. And then you maybe somewhat maintain these friendships through the occasional dinner party. Um... Or if your kids happen to overlap, then you have that weird just parental, uh, like, oh, hey, there's the Joneses again. But but do you do you have time to 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 take a walk with your friend and talk to them? Really talk to them, or um, you know, pass an afternoon without some fucking agenda. I think that's. That's uh, part of life I, I'd like to have, and I just wish things weren't so competitive, guys. But damn it, this is the way it is, and I'm gonna—I'm not gonna get pa- passed over and fucked over, you know. I want to secure a, um, a future for my family, and so I'll do it. I'll fucking do it. Just watch me. I will do it. I will put on the steel-toed boots and. I will I will stomp some fools on my way up. Um, but I will be I'll be open to cooperation. I'll put it that way. I will be open to cooperation, and I won't. Um, I I will do my best to not be frustrated and not be always focused on getting ahead. And I'm going to do my best to maintain some sense of open mindedness and peace, and, uh, you know, not scream obscenities out of my car at, at random people that I don't know, and and just take my frustration out on them because I know that I'll never see them again and then drive off. I try not to do things like that. You ever go picking up in your nose and realize that there's nothing there that needs picking? And what do you do at that point? I mean, sometimes there's really nothing there. But like just now, I went up there and I'm not going to lie, I I like I like getting a good bug now and again. Um, but I wonder, you know, how 
how healthy it is to always be picking one's nose. I, I guess I try to keep it somewhat in moderation. So I went up there and, and found a little something, pretty dry, um, pretty high up, and I decided to leave it. Just decided to, to let it lie. I think my nose, I think my nose will thank me for that. Thanks, Gabe, for letting me hang on to that little book. Because your nose doesn't, you don't want your nose to be totally bare naked up there. Of course, you've got your nostril hairs. If you're lucky, you know, God willing, you've still got your nostril hairs. Anyway, that's a thought. Um, if anybody has any feedback on that, I'd love to know. If anybody knows anything about noses and how much bug they like to hang on to. A little bit of bug? Obviously, everybody picks their nose, right? You have to pick your nose at some point, right? Or I suppose you could just blow your nose once in a while? My guess is that everybody everybody picks their noses uh, probably once a day. Probably once a day. Thumb or forefinger. Maybe pinky if you want to get real deep. But everybody does it, and so the question is just how much to do it. And you know, you don't want to you don't want to do too much. I will say that there is a very satisfying pick. I'm sure most of you are familiar with this, and that's when uh, you go up there and you you get you get a hold of something dry. And then, as you extract it, it brings with it a little something wet. You know what I'm saying? A little bit of string behind that, that comes with the dry, and then it... Ooh, you get that nice... Get that nice release. Get that nice release when that little package comes out. Um, and then And then it's just a matter of of getting rid of it, disposing it. Ideally, you're in the privacy of your home or your automobile and you have a tissue at the ready. But sometimes if you don't, well, then you've got to prepare the booger for flicking by rolling it back and forth on your fingers. You ever, you ever walk around for like five minutes trying to get a booger off of your finger? rolling it, rolling it, and it's just that perfect sticky consistency that won't leave, and you keep flicking and flicking, and it just shifts a quarter inch up and down your thumb. That's when you gotta get a tissue, or ideally a square of toilet paper. You don't want to waste a whole tissue on one tiny little book. Or you wipe it on your pants. You know, wipe it on your pants. Better than wiping it on the on the carpet or underneath something on the back of something I I have a feeling one day because just because I kind of remember this from my youth I think that there was a there was a bug zone there was a booger zone somewhere in the house it was on the back of a couch or something I, I don't I don't really want to say that I was part of this, but I might have been. I can't tell you that I wasn't for sure. Um, 
contributing to the booger zone, that is. That'll be something that I'll discover one day as a, as a parent. I'll be vacuuming behind the couch, I'll move the couch, and I'll find a, a cache of nearly a hundred boogers stuck in the back of the couch. And, uh, and then I'll go, then I'll get the belt. Then I'll get the belt. I'm over a week into not drinking coffee, and I had a nice cup of coffee this morning. Did it in the espresso pot, stovetop espresso, percolator. As we know, it's officially not an espresso machine, even though that's what everybody calls it. And it came out, I think, a little bit burnt. Kind of struggling with that little guy. Not going to lie. It's a great idea. It's a great concept. supposed to give you a nice, strong cup of coffee. But what with the stove and the listening, you really have to to dial in those ears. Get those ears attuned to the sound of bubbling coffee and determine that exact moment when this the coffee is is complete when the when the water in the percolator below the percolator in the chamber okay in the chamber below the percolator when that water has finished boiling up through and it's kind of the difference between And then when it's done, it's more of a... But it's a fine line. And if you're too early, then you don't get all of your coffee. And when you're dealing with a small size espresso pot, I'll tell you, you want every last drop. And you do not want to empty out your little pot the next day and find that there was a half an inch of water in there that that could have been delicious coffee if you had just boiled it a little longer. Uh, And then if you go past, okay, which happens, if you go past, well then you're just burning the coffee up top. You're just burning, the whole machine is roasting hot and the the coffee up top is getting unnecessarily boiled. It would be like pouring a mug of coffee and then putting it in a pan and boiling it on the stove for two minutes. It doesn't enhance the flavor. It kind of destroys it. Makes, it. makes it into a burnt flavor. Anyhow, I put some cream and some honey in it and it was good. And believe it or not, folks, today's Friday. That's the first cup of coffee I've brewed for myself since since I gave you that coffee update and that was last Tuesday and that was only that was like 70 30 
decaf calf. So that barely counts. So I went through the whole week. I did have a cup of coffee on Saturday and I had a cup of coffee on Sunday. But I was on vacation and it was Starbucks coffee on Saturday. It was a pretty weak little Americano. Probably a single shot. And then and then Sunday was pretty crappy. Uh, I mean, decent, but, you know, crappy drip hotel coffee. So those, those barely count. I basically did this whole week without coffee. Now, the results have been good. Um, I wouldn't say that my life has drastically changed for the better. But I will say that I've made it through almost, I still have to make it through today, a full week of work with over eight hour days every day. Uh, And of course, my lovely 45 minute commute on either end. And today's day five of that. And I've managed, the, the trick is you just can't do anything. Anything you want to do besides think, prepare proper food and and eat properly and get proper sleep and maintain personal hygiene. Anything outside of those categories has to be earmarked for the weekend. And you just got to let it go because there's just no time. So I don't know how, you know, 90% of America does this these full work weeks, but it's, uh, it's definitely not for me. That much is clear. It's okay for now. It's great. I'm making some money, but, uh, it's, it's weird. It's weird to not have a life outside of work, but it's all right. Anyway, so I quit coffee for this whole week and, uh, let's see one night after I had, I had maybe one full day of no coffee and then maybe one more full day of no coffee. And I thought, all right, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm not drinking coffee. So I'm, my, my sphincter is going to be in good shape, right? And I won't have to deal with any leakage, which we talked about briefly on the last podcast. And, um, and I washed, I washed the sheets on the bed that day. Wash the sheets on the bed. This is when I wasn't working. <laughs> uh, hung them out to dry in the beautiful sunshine. Oh, nothing like that, huh, folks? That smell of, of sun-dried sheets? Holy shit. That is a fucking wop hauser of a smell on your nostrils. And there's that special softness. And it, it's like burying your face in a, in, a, in a sunny cloud. In a sunny cumulus cloud. Oh, and you can just drink in that aroma. Late down, I was it was tired, it was, uh, and I was so I, I went deeply, deep, deeply to, to sleep, sleep slept deeply, and woke up in a puddle of my own urine. Fully wet, fully wet the bed, like like five year old five year old Gabriel, four year old Gabriel, except with a much larger bladder and a lot more liquid in the tank, and a bigger penis, (laughs) but otherwise, pretty much five-year-old Gabriel wetting his bed, emptying the whole thing, not the kind of thing where you, uh, you wake up, and you're like, oh, I just started to pee, and, and, you know, no, this is, uh, 
this is you wake up and it's pro- it's like you probably wet the bed happily, blissfully in your sleep like 30 minutes or a couple hours ago and have just been lying there, uh, relaxed, empty bladder, uh, soaking in, in your own urine. And, and so I, I was disappointed. I was disappointed that I had just washed the sheets. Uh, but primarily I was disappointed that this had occurred while not drinking coffee. And I almost went right back to coffee the next day because I thought, well, if I'm going to wet the bed not drinking coffee, what's the point of not drinking coffee? Because if I had had coffee that day, I would have 100% blamed the bedwetting on the coffee without a doubt. Like, Yes, those two things. I'll just say them again. 100% and without a doubt, I would have blamed the coffee. And I would have been dead wrong. <laughs> dead wrong. So, um, the lesson learned is that not all of the evils in my life can be attributed to coffee. I also was dealing with and am still sort of dealing with a, a sore on my mouth. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. Um, I'm just going to try to turn that around and say something other than herpes, which is obviously what you're thinking. But I can't think of anything else. Um, I don't think I have herpes, actually. For a while, I thought I did. But, boy, I haven't had a cold sore in... And I'm not even sure that the the cold, quote-unquote, cold sore that I thought I had was ever a cold sore, okay? Might have just been a pimple or something. Um, certainly never got one of those big red. And I'm sorry, people that have herpes. It's really, it's really unfortunate. We all know, you know, 60% of people have it. I don't know. Let's just not talk about it, okay? But I've been dealing with a sore in the, on the inside of my lip, aka uh, canker sore, I believe, aka sugar bump, <laughs> as some call it, and. I thought that that was from the coffee. And so I stopped drinking the coffee, and and a a week in, it persisted. I still had it. So there I am, uh, still with this sore, you know, which is related to, like, acidic foods, basically, on the inside of my lip, and wetting my bed, and thinking, why the hell am I not drinking coffee? Obviously, coffee is not the root of all evil here. Well, it turns out that the, the thing on my lip was being aggravated by this natural neem toothpaste that I had been using, that I would bought. I would gotten swindled by the packaging. I had some story about this magical African root called neem and how good it was for your teeth. And I got it, and it's cinnamon-flavored. And the cinnamon was just straight-up burning this sore on the inside of my lip and keeping it from healing. (laughs) And um, we can all blame Neem Karoli Baba for that, right? You'll get that if you know who Neem Karoli Baba is. And if you don't, that's fine. It's just like this guy. So it's not... He doesn't have anything to do with toothpaste, mouth sores, or cinnamon. He just has neem in his name. 
Needless to say, nameless to say, stopped using the neem toothpaste and the sore is getting better. Uh, and I had a cup of coffee today. So, I don't know, we're finding our way. It sure was nice to be released from the grips of coffee, to not be thinking about coffee for the week. That was really pleasurable and satisfying. And what I was doing was this, this rooibos chai tea. Um, turns out you can put a little bit of cream and honey in that, and you've got a pretty nice, relatively stout, flavorful, spicy, aromatic, and sweet morning beverage that you can sip happily, feel good about, and not be thinking about caffeine and coffee the next morning compulsively. So that was good, and we'll see. Um, think I'm planning to stick with it. I had the cup of coffee this morning, and it was, you know, it was all right, but I wouldn't say it was all that much better than my little tea. Uh, that's the update. For listening, folks. Obviously, I returned to drinking coffee shortly after recording that update, and I had a nice cup this morning. And the the struggle continues, but I think it's really uh, like all things starting to fade into the background and become less and less important. Drinking coffee, not drinking coffee, having to pee a lot, not having to pee a lot. Uh, I'm just not going to worry about it. <laughs> it's the new plan. Just. Don't sweat it. Don't sweat the small stuff, you know? I um, hope you enjoyed that. It was uh, it was fun to put it together. It's amazing how long I've been thinking about making a podcast and recording things that I think are going to make it into the podcast, only to never get around to putting them together. I hope to have more of these for you, as always. That's the hope. That's the dope. That's the scope. The grand scope. Um... Have you ever had your knee scoped? Oof, I haven't. Doesn't that sound gross? That's what happens to athletes. Uh, football season is upon us, and indeed, I'm I'm back playing fantasy football and um, already regretting it a little bit. It's a terrible sport, um, terrible uh, predatory industry, the, the National Football League. Don't want to support it, but can't help my competitive little Buffalo Bill-loving self and uh, deeply into football, destined for uh, great disappointment, as always, and questioning um, you know, whether or not I want to be involved in it, and, and ultimately deciding that I don't. But for, for now, at least, I am. Uh, I've got the fantasy football app on my phone. It's my uh, favorite thing to check. I no longer play words with friends or read books. Until moved to this new house where I'm living with my wife and... We're house-sitting, and it's a great house, and it has no internet. So uh, so I'm reading some, and uh, and that's nice. That's nice. I, I still sometimes, you know, just just pick up my phone. There's not even cell phone service, though, so there's nothing, nothing on the phone. I wonder why I even turn it on. I still sometimes pick it up and, and press the button as if I'm about to do something on it and then realize that I can't. But so far, we're really liking it. feels like we're going to have a lot more time 
And uh, we've already gotten in three or four games of Settlers of Catan. Again, thanks for listening. If you have any questions, send an email to gaberobertsart at gmail.com. If you would, uh, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. Rate it, review it, put it in a Ziploc bag, freeze it, take it out a couple months later and smell it. And if it smells good, well, (laughs) then you did the right thing. You did the right thing. I'm going to leave you with a song. This is a cover that I may have done before. I don't know. That's, you know, I've done so many of these podcasts, I couldn't even tell you. But the original artist is Mason Jennings, and the song is called Nothing. Thanks a lot, everybody. Uh, God bless you. And until next time, adios. Make yourself at home, because I'm going Across the street, get us some water. This water's brown. I'm so embarrassed to have you here, but I want you around. Usually I'd sing, play my guitar, but I know it won't get very far with you. Cause you got music, makes you move. Mine has a groove, but it's nothing I can prove. You know what I mean.
breaks my heart.